Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope your week is starting out well, and I always appreciate all you listeners and just being a part of this community and all the input you have on social media. We really appreciate that. And I always want to remind you, you can always email me through the website if you have any particular topics you would like me to talk on. And to remind yourselves also that these are great for date nights, listening to these shows, especially if you want to do the ones on gender, or if you want to have another couple over, if you want to do a connect group. So I really recommend that you use the shows. They're 25 minutes long. It gives lots of great things to talk about. So we are still really focusing on the way you think. Negative thinking, critical thinking, that inner critic, negative thoughts, all of these things that really plague all of us humans. I know I have to struggle as well myself, and I am much better than I've ever been. And I've worked on this for years and years to really be in charge of the way that I think and choose what I think instead of being a victim to my own thoughts. So I want to ask you this, because we're talking about that triune, that inner you, the, and I'm not talking about your triune as being holy or something, but you do have a me, myself, and I. And it's fascinating how we see parallels through God's creation as to how he creates things. And we are made in his image. So we have our own inner triune. So I want to ask you today, how do you talk to yourself about you? Or you could ask it in first person. You could say, how do I talk to myself about me? How do I talk to myself about me? Because this has so much to do with your experience of the outer world. The person that shows up in relationship has everything to do with energy, emotional energy, physical energy, cognitive energy, psychological energy, all kinds of things have so much to do with the way that we think. Because you want to remind yourself how powerful words are. We've talked about this, that God spoke the world into existence. Well, he thought about us first. We were a thought. We were an idea. And then he spoke us into existence. This is the power of our thinking. This is the power of our words. I'm not saying that we are God, obviously. We can't just speak something into existence. But what we do with that energy, the more we think about it, the more real it becomes, the more we think on it, the more we talk about it, the more we speak it, the more we believe it. And we have a tendency to create that old saying of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So how do I talk to myself about me? We all have an inner critic. Some people have a more personal inner critic that thinks in I statements all the time. I hate myself. I'm never going to measure up. 
I suck. Nobody likes me. Um, I'm never going to be successful. I will never get over my last mistake. People don't love me. People won't love me. If they knew me, they wouldn't accept me or love me. These types of I statements. Then we also just have the negative thinkers, negative talkers. Inside of their self, they're always saying, I can't stand it when people act that way. Look at how stupid that person is. I hate the world. I hate the way that government is. I hate my life. You know, these things about the world they live in. So some of people think more personally toward themselves, and some people think more negatively about what's going on in their life or what they think and feel about other people. Most of us do both. So I want you to think about yourself and, and think about how you talk to yourself. How do you think about you? How do I feel about me? And what do I say about me? Because that directly affects how I experience the world and how I experience my own life and all the circumstances that come into my life, whether they're positive or negative. I know with many critical thinkers and negative thinkers, they can have a very positive experience and sooner than not, they are talking themselves out of it. They're too afraid to enjoy it and be happy about it, to trust it. They inevitably start saying, yeah, but we'll see how it really turns out or what's going to happen tomorrow or, well, it's the only one I've ever had in my life or it's the only one that's going to ever come again. Any of these types of things that we do as a way to somehow protect ourselves. It's a very natural thing for humans to do, but it's very opposite of God. So I want to assure you today, I've heard many people say, you know, in your negative thoughts and negative feelings, well, God's not in the negative. And I want you to know that's not true. It doesn't mean he believes the negative, and it doesn't mean he feels the negatives that you feel. But he's very much in the negatives, because God is a God that is so willing to be in our pain. He is willing to be in our upset, in our frustration, in our anxieties, in our worries, all the trepidation that we have about our life and the next moment that we're going to live. God is always in there because he's always with us in our pain. So I want you to understand the power of negative thinking when it comes to this whole idea of the impact it has on us. And I came across this wonderful um, article. It's called The Scientific Proof That Negative Beliefs Harm Your Health. And it was a study that they did where they compared and contrasted the Chinese culture to American culture. And what they found was this really interesting, mysterious placebo effect. And they noticed it because they, and they are now calling it what, what they say, there's this evil twin, the nocebo effect. And that is where it's a combination of a positive belief and the nurturing care and the right healer. It activates the natural body self-repair. And it undoes the negative impacts of negative thinking. Because if the way we believe positively, the positive experiences we have with other humans actually activates the body's natural self-repair mechanisms, then is the opposite true? And what they found out is that harmful beliefs poison your body. 
And this is a reported article in The Lancet. It's a research in San Diego. They were examining the death records of almost 30,000 Chinese Americans and compared them to over 400,000 randomly selected white people. And what they found was that Chinese Americans, but not white not white people, died significantly earlier than normal by as much as five years. And if they have a combination of disease and a birth year, which is in Chinese astrology, and that Chinese medicine considers ill-fated, they die significantly sooner. So what they found is because many Chinese Americans are very attached to traditional Chinese superstitions, they died earlier. And when they examined the data, they were able to conclude that the reduction in life expectancy could not be explained by genetic factors, lifestyle choices, or the behaviors of the patients, nor was it about the skill of the doctors. The only variable that they found had to do with Chinese beliefs. It wasn't because of their genes. And they began to see that they died younger because, quote-unquote, the stars have hexed them is one of the beliefs that they had, or that their negative beliefs really manifested into a shorter lifespan. Now, it's not just Chinese Americans whose fears about their health can result in negative health outcomes. And one of the studies showed that 79% of medical students report developing symptoms suggestive of the illnesses that they were studying. And because they would get paranoid and think they'll get sick, their bodies complied by getting sick. This is what's so fascinating. When they looked at this, when they looked at also student health clinics, they, didn't, they weren't surprised to see that many of the fellow students that were in, in the health clinic that were practicing, doing some of their practicum, began to have bizarre complaints and a slew of strange symptoms. And this was, this was happening to medical students, and they called it med studentitis, or more formally, medical student disease. So you can think yourself sick. See, whether you're a Chinese American or a medical student, it's not, it, it's not just your lifestyle. It's not just your genetics. It's not just your at the atmosphere. It has everything to do with the way you think. So what happens is the negative emotions trigger the amygdala in the limbic system and it sends out this red alert that activates that fight, flight, or freeze, that stress response. Well, what happens is when the nervous system is fight, flight, or freeze, the body's self-repair mechanisms don't function properly. This is why it's so powerful the way that we think. If I am constantly thinking that I am sick, going to get sick, I'm going to die early, what happens is it causes my body to become anxious. The more anxious my body is, the less able the whole entire self-repair mechanism of my body can function. It can't function. It gets shut down. So we want to think about how do we think and how does it affect us? Because you're the gatekeeper of your mind. See, you wouldn't take a pill from a bottle with skull and crossbones on it. 
But every time you think a negative thought about your health, you're potentially poisoning your body with stress. All the stress hormones that deactivates the body's natural repair. You're the gatekeeper of your mind. You're responsible to protect what you think. So I ask you again, how do I talk to myself about me? What thoughts do you choose to think about even your own body? So if we take that out farther, what thoughts do you think when it comes to God's calling on your life, when it comes to your destiny, when it comes to how long you will live, when it comes to how prosperous or how successful you think you're going to be? In all actuality, I want you to know what it is that I'm asking you today. And I hold myself accountable for this as well. How lazy is your thinking? Do you just follow the thought wherever it goes? Do you just believe everything you think? See, this is one of those really, really important things because your mind, and, and I've talked to you before about Viktor Frankl's book, Men's Search for Meaning, and he is one of the premier psychiatrists. He uh, started in the 1930s because he was one of the survivors of 13 concentration camps. And one of the ways that he survived is he had this most amazing insight because he saw very strong people around him dying all over the place. And he realized that the one way that he could survive was that his mind was the only thing he had control over. He had no control over his body at that point, what people were doing to it, what they were refusing him of where they were going to send him next time, whether he would ever see his family again, whether he would ever work, whether he would ever be free. But what he realized is that nobody could tell him how to think. His mind was private. His mind belonged to him. And so I say that to you. Don't be lazy in the use of your mind. It's a beautiful thing that God has given you. It is the one area that you have control over, 100% control over. Now, I don't choose every thought that I have, but I do choose whether I believe my thoughts and whether I continue to think on the thought that my brain generated. But there are many things that I introduce to my brain through my own self-will. And those things I choose to think on. And we know the famous verse in, in Philippians that says, think on these things those things that are of good, good consequence, those things that are beautiful, those things that are lovely, those things that are pure. Think on those things. So when you recognize that you are in many ways what you think, now this does not mean that it's magic. What it does mean is that we have a lot more control over destiny than many times we allow ourselves to believe. Now, there are some things that are just written into the fabric of the creation, like when I'm going to be born. I believe that God destines when I'm going to die, but I can make myself die even sooner than he even planned. So there are many things that I do have control over, and there are things I do not. Now, the things I do not have control over, especially the negative things I have no control over, have a lot less impact negatively on me 
because of how I think. That I can control. So when you think about this, and you understand that the, being transformed by the renewing of your mind sets the stage for you, showing you that it is the will of God for your life that you let him enter into sanctifying you, consecrating you, molding, shaping, transforming you. So you truly can walk out the call that he has on your life. Your life will be meaningful. Jesus had an amazing, meaningful life. The disciples had tremendous meaning. Moses, David, Jonah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, all had tremendous meaning. Mary, the mother of Jesus, tremendous meaning. It did not mean it was without pain. So this is important that we really understand that what you choose to think about and dwell on in your life will make or break you as to what type of person you will end up becoming in your life. This doesn't mean we're going to be Pollyanna. We're not going to be ridiculous in our thinking. But like we said last week and the week before, every gain has a loss. Every loss has a gain. So am I going to dwell on the loss or am I going to dwell on what the gain is? This is, I mean, it's amazing that God, the Father, can perfectly capture in one simple one-line sentence the secret to being able to have good mental health. And this is what's so important, and that's the Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So he is. That's one of the free will issues that God gives us. It is, in some ways, kind of scary. But he says, I've given you your mind. It's yours to do what you, what you will. You have the power to think some things into existence. Now, I can't, it's not magic. But like I talked to you about this, this, um, the, the study that they've just done about Chinese Americans who their actual belief systems were found in these, these longitudinal studies to show that it took five years off their life unnecessarily. When they believed the Chinese astrology, that they were either hexed or that they were, they were destined to be sick or that their sickness would for sure lead to death or they would die a terrible death, it took five years off their life when they compared and contrasted it to a Caucasian sample. That's huge. So the key word in this verse is the word thinks. The word thinks is telling you that God is targeting your thought process. What you think about on a daily basis, moment by moment. And I'll tell you the truth. I am glad that my brain is not like a radio station that you could tune into at any point in time in the day and, and listen to everything I'm thinking. It's a battle. I have to work on that. See, the principle is easily seen in our world today. You can tell who is properly operating on this principle in the way that the Lord has intended or the ones that are not. You know how it feels to be with people that just give in to whatever they think. It's easy to think negatively. Remember, it's like gravity. Negative thoughts are like they just We just get pulled down automatically. That's what the world does. We're, we live in a fallen world. We have to fight it. We have to resist it. Think of the energy it takes to, to make a plane take off the ground. The bigger the plane, 
the longer it takes on the runway, the more gas, the bigger the engines. And it defies gravity. But it takes effort. Well, it takes effort for me to defy the natural gravity to think negatively. So this is your own free will. God says you choose who you will serve today. You choose. You choose to serve my way of thinking and to line up with my thoughts, to learn my thoughts because my thoughts aren't your thoughts, or to give in to the world's thinking or to what just simply comes natural to you. So I want you to ask yourself, do I believe everything I think? I can't tell you how many times a day in my office I say to clients, you might want to challenge that thought. Because we can think all kinds of things about people. And I, uh, when I'm doing any relationship therapy, one of the things that happens is people make all kinds of assumptions as to how their partner thinks, feels, what their intentions are, why they did what they did, why they didn't do what they do. And this is one of the things that I say, you might want to challenge that thought. That's an assumption. Maybe you feel like you have a lot of history that validates that assumption, but you may want to check it out. Is that really true? Because those are the things we want to think on, those things that are true, righteous, pure, holy. Think on those things. So one of the things that works the best when you're in relationship with humans and I'm talking about basic humans, all of us, okay? I'm not talking about sociopaths and psychopaths. I'm talking about just average human beings. It works really well if you just assume the best of them. Just assume the best before you assume the worst. It doesn't protect you. See, our brain is always wanting to protect us. This is why we go to the negative. If I assume the worst about that person, I give myself this impression that then I won't be disappointed. The problem is I'm going to be even more disappointed because all the energy that it took from me when I thought those negative assumptions leaves me with very little energy to deal with the fact that they're a mere human and they're probably going to disappoint me. Not because they're evil, but because they're human. So we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. We're going to continue with the way we think. But I want you to, to really work on these couple of things. Creating a new relationship with your thoughts. Okay? Just see them not necessarily as, as just you, but see them as, wow, you look at your finger, it's you, it's part of you. But I want you to think about your thoughts in a little bit more objective manner. Get a little distance from them. And remember, your brain is trying to help you. It's trying to tell you where fear is coming from or where your worry is or what's concerning you. So notice your thoughts. Take time to notice them. Write them down. A lot of times when you write them down, you get a little distance. You see what the thought is really telling you. Check out your thoughts. Are they true? Or is it just feeling true? And understand that negative thoughts are very normal. There's nothing abnormal about it. It's just not something that we want to practice on a daily basis. Thank you for joining me today. I'm always glad to spend time with you. Make sure you uh, listen tomorrow. We talk more about this whole idea of our inner critic, negative thoughts, what the Bible says, what's the healthiest approach. Have a blessed day. 
Thanks for your input in, in all the social media. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jeremy, so much for your help. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.